The Lady Rebels will play Nevada at noon today. Nevada beat Fresno State in overtime yesterday to get to the quarterfinals and take on the one-seeded UNLV Lady Rebels. UNLV, uh, obviously, with their 18-0 conference record, beat Nevada twice. Uh, once 80 to 57 and once 71 to 66. I'll be out there. I'll be there in the stands though. Really? Yeah. Gonna go. My dad loves daytime sporting events. So they play at noon. Like, let's go. He's got nothing else to do. I'll go with you and watch him play. So, uh, noon start for UNLV. If they win, they'll move on to the semis. The problem for UNLV, uh, as far as the NCAA tournament goes, is. Uh, kind of any loss in the tournament is going to be considered a bad loss, yeah. uh, especially this one. There's some teams they could play that are a little bit higher in the top 100 of net on the women's side. That would not be a terrible loss, but this one would. Nevada is not very good. Uh, they need to win this one, and that would put them in a much better shot uh, spot to make the NCAA tournament because they would not have a bad loss on their resume. Mountain West hasn't had a net large since 2010. So, I feel like I've heard that stat before, but I'm still kind of blown away by that. They had at-larges. Now, they had better teams in the league back when Utah, BYU, mm-hmm. TCU. They had at-larges for 10 straight years, and they haven't had one for 10 straight years. <sighs> so when tough. those teams left, it became a bad league. What do you think? Also, on the Mountain West women's side, Colorado State's McKenna Hofschild was named Mountain West Player of the Year. No one from the 18-0 Lady Rebels. Desiree improved every one of her stats this year and couldn't win Mountain Best Player of the Year. So Florida State finished 12 and 6. They finished fourth. Hofschild led the Mountain West in points per game. She had four more per game than number two. She also led the Mountain West in assists per game at 1.7 more than number two. It just comes down. It's so subjective. It comes down to what you think is important. I can't wait to see. We're going to get the media poll for the men's today. And then the coaches poll always comes out like the next day or two days later. Um, I just can't, I can't wait to see what happens with the men. You and I have talked about this so much. I can't even tell you what I think is happening. Yeah, genuine them. question: Who's I the no Who's idea. the player of the year? Is it Matt Bradley? Like, who, I mean, not, I, not, I think it will be with the coaches. Right? Who do you, I think the yeah. coaches will take. Like Steve Alford said last week, who won the league? Right. Who won the league? And he even mentioned Matt Bradley. He did. So, but the media, I don't think so. <sighs> I don't think so. I don't know who they put in there, but Jeff Grammer's been tweeting about this thing for like the last 24 hours. He, I think he compiles he wants, the votes. He wants people to tell him who to vote for because he doesn't yes, know who exactly, to vote for. Exactly. He compiles the votes in this thing in the media <laughs> poll. Um, and he just said there's going to be a lot of surprises and a lot of upset fan bases. I mean, I don't know what that... There's three teams that are not were not the top tier of this conference. UNLV has EJ Harkless. Colorado State has Isaiah Stevens. San Jose State has... Um, Amore. Am- Amari Moore. All three of those guys should be first team all Mountain yep. West. And I don't know if they will be because if San Diego State gets one, if Nevada gets one, Utah and State. Boise State gets one, and Utah State, if they all have their best player on the all Mountain West first team, there's only one of those guys on the middle to the bottom can get there, and they should all probably deserve it. There's legitimately what, eight, nine, ten guys that probably have a claim to first team all Mountain West. Of this those year. three, if you're asking me who I think the coaches would put on there, I think they'd put on Amari Moore. I think so too. Just. <laughs> Almost as a State did. almost as a like respect to oh you did this at San Jose State yes yes I think yes. so too and maybe they should vote in Player of the Year just because of that too. Yeah, great question. Yeah, again, great question. Suns beat the Mavs one thirty to one twenty six yesterday. Uh, Luka Doncic missed a layup in the final ten seconds that would have tied the game, and then he and Devin Booker got in each other's faces. Um, 
Luke, after the game, just said it's a competitive game. It's all good. Next time, just don't wait until there's three seconds left to talk. Oh, are you telling me you had that sound, Jared? Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. Play it anyway. You got it? Play it anyway. It's fine. It's just competitive game, man. It's, it's all good. Just next time, don't wait until it's three seconds left to talk. Yeah. All right. I was still very confused. Do you want Devin Booker? Uh, no. I was still very confused because Devin Booker wasn't talking to... Luca, or at least he. Let me phrase it this way: He wasn't looking at Luca. He was looking at the. No, refs. He was actually walking away. Luca's the one who went, who rushed at him. Right, and I, I'm, I don't know. I guess he was trash talking Luca without looking at him to some degree for missing the layup. I guess it looked like he was telling the ref the ref missed a foul call, is what I thought was happening because Luca put his body into I can't remember who was guarding him, put his body into a guy and knocked him down and then missed the layup. I thought Devin Booker was telling the ref, hey, you missed a foul call here. And then Luca was like, well, don't say that. Right. And ran up in his right. face. Right. Um, Smiling the whole time. I want those two teams to play in the playoffs. Because that game, Kevin Durant at 37, he hit what was essentially the game-winning jumper. Right. Booker right. at 36, Luca at 34, Kyrie at 30. That is four of the best just I can go get my shot and score Players. guys in the NBA. Can we get a playoff series with those four? Because it would be... So much fun. And by the way, Mavs still can't play defense. Do you want in the first round that or Phoenix against Golden State? I think I want this. Really? Yeah. Really? I think I want this. Because that'd just be... It's just... there's no, the, the Warriors are going to screw it up and play some defense. They're going to yeah. screw things up and play a little <laughs> bit of defense. I don't want that. The Mavs... Here's the stat. Since trading for Kyrie, the Mavs defensive rating is 120.5. The worst defense in the league is San Antonio at 119.4. Right. They're worse than the worst defense in the league. Since they got him. Since they got him. It's pretty bad. A lot of high-scoring games. Right. I don't think they're winning anything, but they'll be fun. Happy to move on to the, to the next question here, Aaron. John Morant has been suspended for at least two games. It sounds like it's going to be more. Taylor Jenkins, the Grizzlies coach, said yesterday that it's at least two games that he's away from the team. So here is your rundown. John Morant was on Instagram live Friday night. Actually, I think it was technically Saturday morning uh, with a gun. He was at a club with a gun and was on Instagram live. This follows uh, fairly recent accusations of being in a car that pointed a laser and a gun at the Indiana Pacers after a game. Also being accused of repeatedly punching a 17 year old after a pickup game and flashing a gun in that scenario. Also being accused of threatening a mall security guard after his mother called for him to come argue with a finish line employee. And then after all of that became public, he went on Instagram live and flashed a gun and is yeah. now away from the Grizzlies for at least two games. I'm hearing so many people's like, oh, it's just the people you surround yourself. With. It's just the people surround yourself. When does accountability hit him? When does he get some accountability? Just because he's around oh. guys that people say, oh, you shouldn't be around those guys. Where's his accountability? Yeah. What's he doing right now? Like, he's away from the team for two games. Taylor Jenkins, part of his quote was about, uh, you know, needing time to heal. What's he doing hope to heal? he's not healing at the club. <laughs> I hope he's seeing a mental health professional because this seems like a pattern of behavior that I recognize as this is going to get worse if he doesn't talk to somebody. Because, okay, all of the incidents... Again, they're they're all he's been accused of these things. He's never been charged or arrested for any of those incidents, right? 
But all of those incidents are painting you in a bad light. And it's it's turned a lot of people to be like, so what's wrong with John Morant? I don't, I don't know if I like this guy. And then to be on Instagram Live and pull out a gun is just insanely stupid. Yeah. And the lack of awareness. A.m. in a club. The lack of awareness to be like, oh, I've, I'm kind of in some trouble at the moment. A lot of it because of what I have done with guns and who I have maybe or maybe not threatened. Maybe I don't pull the gun out on Instagram Live. It's just incredibly stupid. So I wonder what he's actually doing because I don't believe the Grizzlies have actually said like, oh, he's away from the team and he's doing blank. I think they just said he's away from the team. But hope if you're not with them in L.A. Yeah. If you're the Grizzlies, forget about John Morant and forget about his parents and his friends. Obviously, that's important. But if you're just from the Grizzlies standpoint, you got to be doing everything you can to help this guy right now, because that's your that's your franchise. That's your future. And if he's going to do 200 plus million, if he's going to be doing if he's going to be an idiot and be like, "Ah, I'm on Instagram live with a gun after I've been in trouble for flashing a gun at a 17 year old. That's just that's dumb. And if you're the Grizzlies, I think you've got to do everything that you can as a team to help John Morant so this doesn't happen again. Next question. Texas Tech suspended head coach Mark Adams for use of an appropriate, unacceptable, and racially insensitive comment. Here's from Texas Tech statement. During a coaching session between Adams and a member of the men's basketball team, Adams was encouraging the student-athlete to be more receptive to coaching and referenced Bible verses about workers, teachers, parents, and slaves serving their masters. Adams immediately addressed this with the team and apologized, but Texas Tech has still suspended him. This seems like the first step in a firing. Doesn't Mm. it always? Can I... Doesn't it always yes. seem like that? It just always seems like that. Can I can I do a little bit of wild speculation? About the Bible verse? Did this guy tell a, I mean, one, of his, one of his players? Like, based on that statement, did he tell one of his players, I'm your master? Did he say that? I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the exact verse. What would he have know. said? Well, the verse could have included something about slaves well, and masters without him saying, I'm your master. Well, if you just read a Bible verse to him, you don't, you don't get suspended for just reading a Bible verse to him. Well, okay, but there's also, like, in parts of the Bible, at least in the Old Testament that I'm more familiar with, there are literally, like, directions and, like, market values on how to buy and sell slaves. And then there's, this is how slaves should be, should act. And so if you take that... That's basically him saying, I'm your master then. Right. If he just read a Bible verse, he is it's, not suspended right now. Well, what if, if it's that I mean, Bible verse, you might still they be They say suspended. he quoted it or he actually took out the Bible and read it. He referenced he Bible referenced, verses. So he, he's the one who just said the verse. He didn't actually read it. He, there's two, to me, there's only two things he could have done to get suspended. He used the N-word, or he said, I'm your master. In maybe not Ephesians. that directly. I don't know if he said it that directly. But he implied it, and the player said, wait a minute, did you just call me your slave? Like that, th- Those are the two things that make sense to me. He either used the N-word, or one of his players walked away thinking, did he just call me a slave? Okay, so Paul in Ephesians literally says... <laughs> Bond servants obey every 
obey in everything those that are your earthly masters. If he read, if he if just he, read he, that, if you said that, then that's basically saying I'm your master. master. I don't like his chances of staying around. <laughs> don't think he is either. No, call me crazy. It's just, I don't think that's happening. I, I've. I it's mean, such a weird statement, by the way, from Texas Tech in that they gave us pretty significant details. Yeah. They did. Now they obviously they didn't say exactly what he said. That's why no, I'm wildly speculating. They but gave you more details than it would usually come out yeah. in this situation. Usually we just say it's racially insensitive. Right. And then they were like, well, he he referenced the Bible and slaves and masters. Now, do you think they did that so it wasn't assumed it was the N word? That and see that's what I thought too. Yes, that is exactly why so I thought they did it because other if you just said he used a racially insensitive, insensitive mark, that's where you go to. You'd be like, oh, he said the N word. But I I do think that that's why I initially thought. Did he call them slaves or something? Because that, which by the way, is insane. How could anybody ascend to the position of head coach in college basketball in the context where it's been brought up a lot? A lot of black athletes playing for a lot of white head coaches. How can anybody be in that position of power? And he's been in basketball for a long time. It's not like Mark Adams just got into basketball and even reference anything close. To slaves and masters. It's that's insane that anybody could be in that position of power and not have the awareness to be like, I maybe shouldn't say that. Right. I probably shouldn't tell or even insinuate, even bring up the idea that I might be the master of a basketball player. It's insanity. Press box transition. Yeah, we're gonna end the front page on a fun uh, one. Okay. It's okay. God. Uh Dodger shortstop Miguel Vargas. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Another Max Muncie. Let's look at a bunch of pitches. He hasn't swung at a pitch in spring yeah, training. He's walked four times and eight at bats though. Nobody can throw him a strike. Is he is he hurt? No, I just don't think this guy's any good. He hit two thirty last year. <laughs> this guy's the shortstop now. He uh hey, hey, the Debbie's two- BC so he could play more shortstop. Two thirty is like the the average now. 230 is a fine, nice. no problem with it. this guy, and he's acting like Muncie, tracking pitches. <laughs> and have two guys looking for walks the entire game. <laughs> Unbelievable. He is not swinging. Uh, he has been to the plate eight times. He is just watching every single pitch. I did see Zach Grinke pitching to Vargas through him, back-to-back pitches, a 59-mile-an-hour EFIS, and then a 92-mile-an-hour <laughs> fastball. He's like, oh, you're just up there to track pitches? You're not tracking anything. I'm just chucking it up there at 60 miles an hour for you. Good luck with that. Man, it's going to be great for the Dodgers, isn't it? Yeah, given the Soto's now about to ink a huge deal with the Padres, uh, they're spending money like crazy. They'll be the favorites now for the next 10 years. Oh, he's so depressed, Jared. <laughs> just so depressing. <laughs> Coming up next, Derek Carr is a New Orleans Saint. He's got an elite, elite mental makeup uh, with regards to football IQ. He's got Tremendous accuracy and arm strength. He can put the ball anywhere you want. And uh, he's been asked to do a lot in his career. I've said it before. I think he's he's more in line with what Stafford's career has been in terms of, uh, you know, if you could just get him into a, a place that can surround him with all the pieces to allow him to just play quarterback 10 to 15 times a game. Uh, it'd be pretty cool. But uh, uh, he's, he's, he's a solid young man. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. That was Robert Sala talking about Derek Carr. Did he say if he just has to play quarterback 10 to 15 times a game, things will be good? That's what uh, John Gruden was trying by handing the ball to Josh Jacobs all those times. It's not uh, inspiring a bunch of confidence. Derek Carr, though, 
It's not going to be playing for Robert Sala. He is going to the New Orleans Saints. Has not been finalized, but Ian Rappaport reported the Saints are giving Derek Carr a four-year deal. So the Saints, who I believe are still uh, have like negative twenty million cap space or something like that, what are they paying them? Sign a new we don't quarterback, know yet, right? We do not. We have not seen reports That's the one of the thing deal. I want to know. I want to know how much he got. Do you remember uh, David Carr said that Derek Carr was going to take a long time to decide on his next home, and in fact, he's actually the first quarterback to sign in the offseason. Does that make you think he got Is a bigger that- deal or a smaller deal that he signed so early? I'm wondering if it means that he got a sense that these guys were the most interested by far and people weren't any more or as much interested than the Saints were. The Jets the Jets kept going, let's find out what's going on with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, even though you're first ballot Hall of Famer, Derek, we've got to see what that other Rodgers guy's doing. Saints um, call him a first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't know what the Saints called him. <laughs> um, but that that's the fascinating part. Hall it'll, of Fame it'll, eligible it'll, when he retires. It will come out. What he got? Yes, yeah, and I—that's I, what fascinates me the most. How much money did they pay him? Because if you're the Saints and you signed Derek Carr, and if this deal comes out to like twenty million a year or something like that, terrific deal. Oh, absolutely. But there was a report that Derek Carr wanted more than thirty-five million dollars mm-hmm. a year. We had the conversation about well, what's the guarantee going to be? Because you can. Sign a guy to a massive deal. Yeah, but, just signing bonus, you make him a bunch of money. But if only like one or two years is fully guaranteed, then it's not really that much money. You think they gave him $35 million a year? No. I don't. Won't, won't be surprised if the first number's a three, though. Man. If he signs for less than 35 why would he sign so early? Because maybe he had conversations with other teams and saw some numbers that they were throwing out there and got worried. Saints offered him 31, and the Jets were I only mean, offering him 26. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it'd be tough for your market if you think you're, you're easier to getting win in 35 plus. Man, if he only gets 35, or if he doesn't get 35, none of these quarterbacks are yeah. getting any money in the offseason. So Carr's going to the New Orleans Saints, the first quarterback to, uh, significant quarterback to be moved this offseason. Saints gonna be any good? Well, in that division, I think he makes them. I think he makes them better. And I think in that division, and maybe this is one of the reasons he decided on the Saints. We talked about the Jets, no matter how good their defense is and who they who they have to play twice a year. I think this. I, I look. I think the money was the biggest thing because that's always the biggest thing. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be. You have uh, he's been around a long time, but you know you have so many years in the league. You should make as much as you can. But I think a lot of it had to do with the division they're in and how good the the Saints can be with him at quarterback and how they convinced him that he was the missing piece to winning that division. Saints went seven and ten last year. Right. They're still eighteen million dollars over the cap though. And that's before signing Carr. And you can, you know, play around with the contract and Carr can make, you know, thirty five million this year and the cap hit still only be like twenty or something. But the Saints were a seven and ten team, and they're going to have to lose people right? sure, to they, make this work. They're eighteen million over the yeah. cap, and they're signing a to quarterback. Make this work, yeah. There are guys on this team that make a significant amount of money that are going to have to be gone. I don't know that the Saints are going to have that good of a roster around him. Well, we don't know who they're getting rid of yet. Yeah. I mean, at but the end of the be... day, their roster is going to be worse than it is right yeah. now. So I don't know how good the Saints' roster is actually going to be around Derek Carr next year. Does he make up that difference? No. That's been the problem the entire time in his career. He doesn't. He We well, know that's what he doesn't do. He does not make up the difference of a bad or average team to good or great. 
Well, you have Jameis play quarterback a little bit, and then you have Derek do 10 to 15 quarterback things per game. Things. Uh, no, the things. bad news. Adam Schefter. Uh, Jameis Winston now becomes a likely salary cap casualty. New Orleans could move on and save $4.4 million. Oh, so there's p- one. Of, so there's one of the guys that fall. They will take on, if they get rid of him, uh, it's an $11.2 million dead cap hit. That's a lot to move on from Jameis Winston and only save 4.4. It's a big number. Yeah. Can James, will Jameis be a Jameis? Raider? No. Come on. I don't think so. Come on. Uh, Jameis and Hendon did you Hooker. you see the reports over the weekend? It's going to be Jimmy G. Jameis and Hendon Hooker. Those are the quarterbacks. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Well, doesn't I mean, Hendon Hooker have big hands? Yeah, he does have very big hands. Ooh, okay. Bring in Jameis and Marcus Mariota. That have them compete. <laughs> They're both big. They're both big. Both Heisman winners. <laughs> both exactly. So as of right now, your starting quarterbacks in the NFC South are uh, Matt Corral in Carolina, Kyle Trask in Tampa, Derek Desmond Carr. Ritter in Atlanta, and Derek Carr. Derek Carr in New Orleans. God, that division sucks. Right. They have the best quarterback in the division. Taysom Hill. He might be. <laughs> I think I think I'd rather have Ritter than Carr. Really? I, might I think Carr's, Carr's better, but Ritter might become better in the future, and I'm paying Ritter $7 instead of... $35 million. We'll We'll see what the contract, million, the contract is. Contract yeah. is. I, think, I think I'd take Ritter at the top of the list there. Man, are the Bucks really going to go with Kyle Trask? They can win the division, and they're going to start Kyle... They're going to start Kyle Trask and sign Drew Locke? I thought the Bucks would be in on Carr more. I don't even know if he visited or talked he to did. them. As far as we know, it was New Orleans, the Jets, and then maybe a meeting at the Combine with the Colts, or with the Panthers, excuse me, and that's it. i got to check Blaine Gabbert's contract. I think he's a free agent. I think anybody could sign he's him. He's a Raider. Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to sign them seven bad quarterbacks. <laughs> it be will like, be yep. the greatest trading camp in history. Figure it out. <laughs> All right, coming up next, Miles Simmons joins the show. Physically, I just say my arm talent. I think I got one of the stronger arms that's come out of any draft class in recent memory. And then just who I am as a person, kind of my morals, what I stand for, my values, and just letting them know how much I love ball. I mean, my goal is to win more than anybody. I want to be the greatest of all time. I feel like you're crazy if you don't think that way. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now is Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk. Good morning, Miles. Hi, Miles. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Good. All right. Uh, so we've seen the reports. Derek Carr going to the Saints. Ian Rappaport had it as a four-year deal. We have not seen the dollar amount. Do you have an expectation how much money Derek Carr is going to be paid uh, on a per-year basis with this contract? Per year, I, mean, I would have to say probably around $35 million. That would be my guess. Um, kind of educated guess. I mean, he's not going to be paid with those top-tier guys, you know, the homes of the world, right, the Josh Allens, what we, I think, would expect um, Lamar Jackson to come in on the open market. But I, I do think that he will get more than the $40 million, um, that he was supposed to get from the Raiders, which is why they released him, right? I, I, I think that he will get at least $40 million guaranteed. And, you know, I, I know that that was one of the things where it was kind of like, oh, man, Derek Carr should be careful what he wishes for, da-da-da. And I know that there wasn't necessarily that big of a market for him, but 
even so, he's still a quarterback who's a veteran. He's in his early 30s. There's reason to believe, especially if it's a four-year deal, that he's going to be getting more than $40 million guaranteed. Was this the best spot for him of all the places you heard he at least talked to? You know, I, I kind of thought that Carolina would be, um, if for no other reason because of the coaches that they've got there. You've got somebody in Frank Reich who understands how to develop quarterbacks. And you've got good coaches over there. Josh McCown, now the quarterback coach. Thomas Brown, up-and-coming offensive coordinator. Um, so I, I thought that that might be probably the best fit from what a, what is a coaching standpoint. But, I mean, it's not like the Saints are that bad, you know. I, I think... Um, Pete Carmichael knows offense, obviously working with Sean Payton for all of those years. Um, and now he gets to reunite with Dennis Allen, you know, somebody who was a part of drafting him in the first place for the Raiders. So, you know, I, I don't know if the Jets would have been a better option for him. I think that there would have been a lot of things that might not have worked out all that well with their car in that market. Um, and so, you know, you go to New Orleans. You're in the NFC South. You're able to really compete in that division probably immediately. This is not a bad spot for him. So knowing that Carolina is going to do something to get a quarterback in there, who do you think wins that division? Uh, Your guess was as good as mine. I mean, I guess (laughs) the Panthers, I think, right now. And I don't even really know. I mean, their, their defense is solid, but the Saints defense is also solid. I guess I, the, the problem is, and with all due respect to him, Derek Carr to the Saints does not really excite me. You know, if I'm a Saints fan, I'm like, all right, I think we got better, but I don't know that this makes us great. And frankly, I think you need somebody who is a great quarterback unless your defense is all world in order to really compete and win a conference. Uh, you know, I mean, you can win your division. You can get in. You can get hot. You can go to the playoffs and things can happen. But, yeah, I don't – I don't know. I mean, the, the NFC South is just so there. I saw Chris Sims tweet out this morning, uh, would you rather have Daniel Jones or Kirk Cousins? If I throw Derek Carr into that question, too, mm-hmm. how, which of those quarterbacks do you want? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, Cousins, I guess. I mean, I, 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 it would go probably Cousins, Carr, Daniel Jones. And, I mean, I guess part of its experience it's not like Kirk Cousins is awful. He just wilts in big moments. You know, Derek Carr has been okay, and he's wilted in big moments too. But there have been some times where you know he's gotten things done. Daniel Jones has potential, but I think Brian Dayball's coaching is part of what has made him so good, and, and Mike Kafka's coaching probably too has been really helpful um, over the last couple of years. But look, I mean, cause you look at what Josh Allen did after Brian Dayball left, right? There's so many more turnovers this year than he had um, in 2021. But, yeah, I mean, I tweeted out in response to that the Larry David gift from the Palestinian chicken episode of <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm where he's just looking back and forth, and it's like neither of these are great options uh, for me right now. That's how I would feel about that, especially if you had Derek Carr in the mix. Miles, uh, you're at the Combine. How much, if any, Discussion was there about Bryce Young's size? Oh, plenty, plenty. And, and I mean, it's not just because of the height, it's because of the weight. You know, he came in at over, at, excuse me, at 204 pounds, you know, and, and that is something where you're like, all right, well, at least he's been able to build up some muscle and he's, and he's getting a little stockier. Um, but I, I think that there is concern in some way that 
You know, he's not exactly the prototypical quarterback size. And and he's been able to get things done in Alabama. It's not like that really impacted him there. But I think when you were talking about, you know, guys who are 300 pounds coming after him and they land on him in the wrong way, what's that going to do? You know, it's not like he's a wide receiver like a Devontae Smith, who also is pretty slight um, and and comes in and, you know, he can get down, he can get out of bounds, he can do this and he can do that. It's harder for that quarterback to avoid um, all those kinds of hits. So, that's the thing about this quarterback class. There is nobody who you're like, all right, man, this is a can't miss, ba ba ba. You know, Bryce Young may be the closest thing you've got, but he's flawed. Um, C.J. Stroud may be the next thing, unless you are like, man, I really like the way he is as a passer, and I like that he's got better size. But then also you look, and you know, sometimes you just you didn't necessarily have all that consistency. But I think what plays into his favor is that the best game he ever played was in the most um, – it was in the biggest game that he ever played, right? And, and that was against Georgia in um, those semifinals. So I think that even though Bryce Young is probably going to be the first quarterback off the board, there's reason to believe he might not be the best pro quarterback. Do you think it was an overreaction from uh, the media and fans to what Anthony Richardson did at the Combine? Yeah, because what else are we going to talk about? Uh, that's sort of the problem <laughs> with the combine. And like you know, Anthony Richardson's done some impressive things on tape, but there's also the aspect of it where it's like, man, I don't know, because you don't have as much film on him, and you haven't necessarily seen it um, for as many times. You know, you can say that the completion percentage, which is about fifty-four percent, that's not very impressive, but also you have something where you're, you're like, all right, well, how many drops did his receivers have? You know, and, and when you get the stuff where he's running for 80-yard touchdowns, I mean, that's an electric football player. So it's kind of the thing where it's like, all right, if you can get Richardson in there and you let him sit for a year, you let him learn, you let him develop, you don't rush him, then you might be in a great situation for 2024. But if you expect Richardson to come in there and play like a house of fire immediately – I don't know that that's going to be the best thing for that team or for him. Knowing the Raiders, if he's there at seven, would you take him? Yes, I I would. Especially if you've got a bridge quarterback, whether it's Stidham, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, whether, you know, it it could be anybody. But I I would want, if I were the Raiders, to have somebody who I felt confident that they could play the entire 2023 season and then go into 2024 perhaps, and maybe even 2025, depending on the way things go, and that's when you put Richardson in there. I mean, you would want it to be 2024, obviously, because it's a first-round pick, and you don't want to just waste one of those years where you've got um, him on a rookie deal. But at the same time, you've got to be prepared to uh, let him sit and let him marinate in the way that he has to. We are quarterback-obsessed. Was there a non-quarterback at the Combine that you thought was impressive? Um, I mean, I'll put it this way. When I'm at the Combine, the things that I look for are kind of the quarterbacks because, frankly, I am not the biggest draft nut in the world. And so it's like, wow, do I really need to see all these other people? I, don't know. I mean, you got defensive linemen that are moving at, you know, a four three nine clip. Like, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I'm just... 
the combine for me, like I said, is, okay, how can you, uh, what are the coaches and GMs talking about? And then, like, I'll look at the QBs, and then I'll kind of figure the rest out because that's the way I approach the draft because I don't like the draft as much as most fans. So that's maybe me being too honest. The uh, That's perfectly fine. Quarterbacks are what matters. Um, the uh, franchise tag deadline is this week. What happens with Lamar Jackson? What tag do the Ravens use on him? I'd imagine that they will use a non-exclusive franchise tag, and that will pay him $32 million if he plays on that franchise tender in, in 2023. Um, and I think at a certain point, it kind of behooves the Ravens to see if there is another team out there that can get a deal done with uh, Lamar Jackson because they haven't been able to do it. And if that's the case, then either you're going to get two first-round picks or you're going to then say, all right, thank you for doing this. We will match it, and Lamar Jackson is going to continue to be our quarterback. It, it seems like they want Lamar Jackson to still be there with the Baltimore Ravens. So I just... I think it's been a really weird situation. Part of the reason it's a weird situation is because Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent, right? And when you're dealing with unpredictable actors, which is what Lamar Jackson is at this point, then it's hard to say exactly what the outcome is going to be. And at a certain point, if you're the Ravens, you just want this to be over. And I think making him available, per se, with a non-exclusive franchise tag to get you to a resolution faster than any other option, right? Even though the exclusive franchise tag would pay him, you know, 40 plus million and that would ostensibly make him happier. I think you're just in a situation now where it's been a few years. You wanted to get something done. Nothing's been able to get done. So let's just see if this can be a quicker resolution. And I, I that's what I would do. Well, he is Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Miles A. Simmons. Miles, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Miles. Of course, guys. Have a good one. So there's Miles Simmons uh, from the Combine or was at the Combine. Before we go to break, we got some tickets to give away. Two tickets to go see George Thorogood and the Destroyers. It's the 50 Years of Rock Tour. Saturday, March 25th, the Pearl at the Palm. 702-364-1100. is That is the phone number. 702-364-1100. You'll win two tickets to go see George Thorogood and the Destroyers if you're caller number six right now. They're going to throw it the full length, maybe. Let's see. See, break. Tip it to somebody. Throw it to Deontay. Deontay Wood for the winning. Uh, it's happened. It's happened. Tennessee Tech. He nailed it. He nailed it. He nailed the three. And he what nailed are they, the three. And why are they saying Was wait. it a three or a two? Was it a three or a two? Tennessee Tech. If it's a three, the drought is over. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. We don't even get a resolution, Jared. Is the drought over? Was it a three? No, it was a two, and they lost in overtime. No way. <laughs> yep. You didn't Great see call. that play? Great no, call. I did not see that play. You're telling me. Oh, that's incredible. Tennessee Tech, this guy literally with like no time left drains a three, and they're like, yeah, your foot's on the line, buddy. But we're going oh. to overtime. Awesome. And then they lost. That's incredible. I almost feel bad, but that is terrific sound. Man, it's a great call. College basketball. What a great time. Oh, by the way, here's a massive complaint. My sister is flying into Las Vegas. When's that? The Friday night 
the NCA of the the first weekend of the NCA tournament. So you already have Thursday games through, and she's going to be here Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I think. I don't want to see her until Monday. <laughs> Where's she staying with you? No, I think with my dad. Will she have the kids? No, no, other sister, sister okay. without the kids. All right. Yeah, I don't want to see her for two days after she gets here. You will though. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you will. Probably. She likes college basketball, too. She normally beats me when we fill out a bracket together. But she doesn't want to sit down and watch 12 hours, 12 games, 12 of, hours of it every game like I am going to want to on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. So it's my complaint. Pick a different time. Come on. What are we doing? You think everyone should pick their weddings, their vacations, their time away from home based on what's happening? 100%. You yeah. guys know when I'm getting married. July? Yeah, the middle of July, normally when the MLB All-Star game is. I'm getting married on the Tuesday in which there are no sports. The Tuesday in which ESPN holds the ESPYs because they know there are no sports and we need to put something on TV. And you weren't fought on it at all. Uh, my, <laughs> my fiance, if it were up to her, we'd be getting married in October. Oh, that's not happening. But I Ooh, very, October in Scotland, that'd be good. Very much convinced her not to do that because she has better taste uh yeah largely because people coming would not be as interested in our wedding and right. also right our anniversary every year will be during football season it's going to be a pain and i don't think she cared what month it was when it became a castle in scotland oh okay yeah right. actually she probably prefers july because it's cold in that country ultimately whose idea was that what this castle in scotland i mean i found it right i'm taking credit i'm taking credit for it will you marry me and then we're going to scotland whose idea was here's how come around here's how this happened we initially started looking at places here in california to get married and it is insanely expensive like there was a place in california that was really cool it was $15,000 for the venue, mm-hmm. and th- their little rules were like, you have to supply your own tables and chairs. Like, it was literally just the building for $15,000, and then you have to pay for everything else. And we were like, wow, this is quite expensive. And I just one day Googled, like, wedding cost, and was like, we should get married in a different country. And then we looked in a couple different countries and ended up finding a castle in Scotland. All right. I did most of the work. I am taking credit for that. Would it have been cheaper here than California? If we got, like, did a courthouse marriage, absolutely. But not, I mean, probably would have been a little bit cheaper here, yes. But I still think it's going to be cheaper getting married at a castle in Scotland. So we're coming around to basing our theory on what Cassie paid. Oh, should we just ask her? Yeah, I don't think she'd tell us. I think. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this: our castle in Scotland. We are, we stay at the castle for two days. Uh, there are what's the number? I think twenty six bedrooms at the castle. So however many people we can fit in twenty six bedrooms, it's all included in one price, plus the wedding, plus uh, every vendor like. DJ, food, food, drink, cake, everything except there's one thing we have to get on our own, photographer. That's the only thing we have to do separately. Makeup's included in all of this. So two nights at the castle, wedding, basically 
all of the vendors and everything, and it's uh, 30,000 pounds. So it's ultimately like $33,000, $35,000 for all of that. Wow. I could get you married by Elvis for three hundred sixty-nine dollars. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> and you get a free bottle of champagne. <laughs> Maybe he'll throw in the makeup. And he does uh, three live songs. Listen, three. That. Well, that's what that's, a deal. That's a great deal for three hundred bucks. What a deal! So, yeah. So you, I don't think you were looking at the right venues here. Apparently not. How many people are invited to that wedding? Elvis and you. <laughs> Witness if needed. <laughs> provided. Garrett could be your witness. No, no. They'll, they, that's oh, included, they'll they'll that's included in the price. Yeah, yeah. Elvis can also be. There's an, is there a, the witness needs to also be Elvis. I yes. want two Elvis. At What's the plural of Elvis? Elvises? Elvi? Elvi. I want two Elvis at the wedding there. So, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess Cassie's wedding is more expensive than mine. Where is she? She's at uh, Red Rock? I actually don't know. I forget where it is. No, she she went to Red Rock. Oh, that's right. Immediately she went to was just like, yeah. yeah. Oh, they, have, they have sponsored. The only, the, only, <laughs> the only significant problem with my plan is everybody's got to pay to get there. Right. Which is, a, which is a bit of a pain. Nah, you just right. jump on Ryanair. It's like 12 pounds. And I thought... It's like the frontier of Europe. Yeah, but you can't get from here to Europe on Ryanair. You can only get around Europe on Ryanair. Take a boat. <laughs> it's probably more expensive. So I thought more people were going to say no. And they didn't. We've not gotten a no RSVP yet. Wow. Well, I mean, kind of makes sense because people can then take some time through Europe. And if they haven't been there, like, and they've always wanted to go, it's a good yes. reason to go and then, like, take some time. What are you going to do? You can take some time through Europe? Yeah. Yeah. I will not be on this show for like two weeks. I got to start saving up vacation days. Right. Fortunately, I hit five years this year, and we get a little bit more vacation time around this place when we get five years. Is that right? Yeah. I did, did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't. I get more. I can listen. I can go in and see how much vacation I'm going to have. I got to start saving it. It's I have vacation here? I don't know if you do. <laughs> I don't know what you do around here. Take it whenever you want. <laughs>